Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co, where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver an exceptional customer experience. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. Mention of particular products or services and participation of a guest does not imply an endorsement by Teams & Co. The information provided is for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be taken as professional advice. Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co. I'm Luis Wilson, and for today's episode, I'm sitting down with Tracy Eames to discuss seven ways to learn from our first year. This is a podcast that's especially relevant for founders, and I believe really could be useful for any leader in an organization. So thank you for sharing your story, Tracy. Morning, Luis. I'm really excited to share the story. I think it'll be a great discussion around not only what we've learned in our first year, and obviously it's been a little bit longer than that now, also what we've learned from folks along the way as we've been having conversations with various types of businesses. Great. I know that there are innumerable things, things that founders wish they knew before they jumped in. And for today's episode, uh, we've distilled it down to seven key lessons that you've learned. So let's jump right in and start out with the first lesson. I hear that it is time is your most important resource. Can you tell us more about that? really is your most important resource. I think when you when you start a business, you wish you knew everything, right? It's a natural inclination. You're, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to do this really big thing. I'm really ready. Or maybe I'm not so ready, but I wish I had all these new learnings. But time really becomes the, the most critical piece of your success. You're obviously having to do a lot of things. One of the biggest things when you start your own business versus, you know, working within another organization is you're responsible for everything all of a sudden. And so while your functional expertise might be sales or marketing or finance, you're now responsible for the entire business. And so you're finding yourself you know, spending time on customer acquisition and marketing and sales, but also on building the business and building out operational processes, HR and hiring. And, and very quickly, you're networking and you're going to coffees and you're trying to go to the latest industry meetings and conferences. And so what you really need to be prepared for and kind of take stock of is, are the things that I'm doing actually providing a return on the investment in my time, right? ROI is not just about money all the time. Time is a, it's an inflexible resource, right? We only have so many hours in the day. And so what we want to make sure is as we're using our time, especially as a founder, or a president leader of an organization that we're investing our time in all the right ways. So that way we can make sure that our day is spent, you know, making sure that our customers are front and center, that our team has what they need to be, you know, prepared uh, and empowered. And then ultimately that we're, we're tracking metrics and we're making sure our team is able to stay on track. I see. So we need to make sure that our focus during our days and our activities really are driving up driving results for the clients and our organizations ultimately. So really looking at what your agenda is for the day, all the different activities and making sure they align with the goals of the organization. Exactly. Well, one of the things that sometimes we forget as leaders is we're, we're ultimately responsible for mapping out that vision and that strategy. And if we're packing our days so tightly, we don't have a lot of that time to think through that vision and think through that strategy. And so you do want to make sure that you're making time and space for that downtime that really allows you to, you know, not only deliver on what you need to deliver on for today's results, but you're also preparing your organization for the future. And, and we can't lose sight of that. And we, we have to dedicate time to that. I see. For lesson number two, I see that we have empower your teams. Can you talk about that? 
Well, obviously, this one's our favorite. <laughs> time is important because it is, you know, so limited. But time is our most important resource. The team that you build will be your company's most important investment. And this is really critical to think about because organizations are built on people, right? We're, they're built around people. They're built around serving our customers. They're built around our teams and the efforts that our teams put in. And so obviously here at Teams & Co., team is front and center. It always is for us. But for all organizations, we want to make sure that our teams have that shared purpose. We want to make sure they're empowered to be able to achieve their goals. And they're enabled, right? So we want to make sure that that's, those go hand in hand. I could be really excited about the purpose of my company. I could feel really empowered in terms of I know what decisions to make, but I'm, I'm also not enabled with the right tools and the right resources to be successful. I'm going to fall short of my goals. And so as leaders, we need to be constantly making sure that our team members have what they need to be successful. They know what success looks like, so they have clear goals that they can align behind and that they have ultimately our support and our feedback to help them continuously improve. I see. And then our third lesson plays right into that, right? As far as the empowered team having that shared purpose, our lesson number three is setting, reviewing, revising our goals and success metrics. Can you talk a little bit about that? Exactly. We, we like I just mentioned, if you don't know what success looks like, it's hard to achieve success, right? And, and we talk about this often here at Teams & Co. So, You've heard this a few times, but we really want to make sure that we all know what the goal is and we all want to know how we're getting there. As a part of a team, if we want to deliver success, we have to know what that destination is and we have to know what our roadmap is to get there. And goals aren't simply a way to see, you know, what am I responsible for? They're a way to understand how are we going to achieve this thing that we're trying to achieve together, right? So it's not it's not a question of am I only achieving my goals, but my goals should hopefully ladder into the team goals, which ladder into the company goals, which all should be you know aligned around creating that exceptional customer experience. So if I'm able to achieve my goals, I also am hopefully helping my team achieve our shared goals. And it's a cascading effect up the organization. And our customers will really feel that. They'll feel like they're a part of our success. And that's a reinforcing proposition. We all want to be a part of a successful team. And the way that we know that we're a part of a successful team is that we have goals and we have metrics that we're reviewing. And if we do fall short, because you know we're all human, right? We're not going to meet every single goal we set for ourselves. At least we know how to adjust, right? So we have a shared concept of we want to go to this place together. And if we, you know, we fall short every once in a while, we'd say, okay, we, we were going for A, but how do we get to B? And that's great. That's a good way for all of us to stay aligned and, and keep moving forward together. Even, you know, as the landscape changes, as new things come our way, we're able to take that feedback, adjust our metrics, and really define that, that new destination or that new vision of success. I know that building that shared purpose is key to everything we do here and also starts to lead us into lesson number four, which is don't stop at knowing your customer. Put them at the center of your company. It's something that's critical to us here at Teams & Co. And at the center of everything we do. Could you tell us more about that? Yeah, I think you did a really good job on our previous podcast outlining how do you get to know your customers, right? We talked about the interview process that you went through and, and how do you really gain some of those customer insights and, and outline a, a roadmap of what your 
core customers look like and, and how we can deliver value to them. A lot of companies, unfortunately, stop there. They say, okay, I know my customers, um, you know, generally, you know, X or Y. I know that they're looking for these types of products and these types of values, but they don't take those extra steps to really make that customer feel like not only am I your customer, but I'm your focal point and I'm at the center of your company. And so the example I used uh, in the article was really around how do you go that extra mile? And, and I believe I've, I've mentioned this in a previous podcast. And so if it's a little bit repetitive for some of our uh, weekly listeners, I, I apologize. But I think it kind of goes to that that notion of taking that extra step for our customers and truly making them feel and believe that they're at the center of what we do, right? And so we've all um, had the experience where we're ordering a gift for somebody, right? And so we, you know, we go online or we we call a we call a shop and we say, hey, I need a gift for my friend. To be honest, I'm I'm kind of late and I need it rushed there because I wanna they wanna still meet the time. At least I know I'm always a, a little bit late on these things. So I'm often the person calling and saying, hey, what does same day or next day delivery look like? But, you know, as an organization, I could rush that delivery, right? I could get it there on time for your friend and everybody's really happy and satisfied with the experience. Or I could rush that delivery to you. I could also include gift wrapping and a blank note that that you could fill out for your friend. And I could add a handwritten note myself saying, you know, I know you're crunched for time. I wanted to make this a little bit easier. We, we wrapped your gift and we, you know, included a complimentary gift card so you could write that. Now I'm like, wow, I am blown away by the customer experience here. I'm going to tell all of my friends about it. I'm going to recommend it. And I'm also going to probably come back to that organization every single time I'm running a little bit late and I need a last minute gift, right? Because I know not only they're going to get it to me on time, they're going to take that extra step to really put me front and center. So I think as an organization, obviously that example doesn't fit all of our organizations, but we want to constantly be thinking about what could we be doing better to wow our customers and really brighten their day in unexpected ways, right? Uh, and it doesn't have to be big. I just I just ordered um, some stuff online for my dog and I got a handwritten note uh, in the package and it was just a very unexpected, nice touch, right? So it doesn't have to be a huge time or cost investment, but just something small to show your customers that you are taking that extra step is really important as you build an organization and build loyalty and relationships with your customers. Thank you. I know that's a big focus for us, ensuring that our clients are always focused on delivering an exceptional experience to their customers. For lesson number five, we have co-founders can be vital. Tracy? So I will start this one by saying co-founders are not necessary, but they are vital. Right. So Teams and Co. In full disclosure, I found it as a sole a solo entrepreneur. But as I speak to a lot of startups, a co-founder is really important, and it goes back to our love of teams. And I will also fully admit that in the beginning, when it was only me, it's it's hard to get a little bit of an outside perspective, right? Being a part of a team for me is incredibly important, and I hear that from a lot of startups and a lot of small businesses. Is as a founder you're going to have long days. You're going to have lots of decisions to be making. You're going to also have a core skill set and a functional area expertise. Having a co-founder who has a different expertise or a different perspective can be really helpful, right? Not only are you sharing the workload of starting the company, but you're able to get that real and honest feedback by bouncing ideas off of each other continually, 
you're leveraging a different set of expertise from somebody else who has a different perspective. And that can be incredibly valuable, right? You have two networks of people that you can draw from on mentors, which is our next point, which we'll get to. You have, you know, you've doubled basically your capacity with a co-founder. Again, it's not necessary. Um, there's a lot of organizations like Teams & Co. that start with solo founders, but it really is one of those things if you're not going to have a co-founder and you really want to cultivate a group of friends or family or people you trust that you can kind of bounce ideas off of because it's always good to pressure test your ideas as a leader and make sure you're not getting tunnel vision, but you're really taking that step back and broadening your viewpoint. Also, you'll want to identify some folks in your network that have different expertises than you have. So that way, if you do have a question that comes up, if you're a, you know, a marketing leader and you have a question around, you know, sales or, you know, IT, you, you have people to go to. Um, and then obviously you'll build out your team with different expertise, but it's just helpful. And it's one of those things I, I, I've heard along the way from, from a lot of small businesses is it's a big, important question to uh, address early on is, is do I want to do this on my own, or do I want to do this with a co-founder? There's no right or wrong answer, but we just try to give people the other side of the coin so they can th think through that decision and understand what might be best for them and their organization. Thank you. You know, beyond leveraging a separate skill set, you also talked a lot about getting a different perspective and started to lead us into our next point, right? Which, or lesson, which is lesson number six, mentors are invaluable. Mentors are incredibly, incredibly important. I have been very lucky to have great mentors throughout my career, but also during this journey. It's been almost, almost two years now. It's it's uh, it's going quickly. So we're we're you know we were founded in February of 2019, and I can safely say that the mentors in my network and in my life are people who I really trust and have been just incredibly, incredibly generous with their time and their advice to me. Uh, and I think it's really important for startups to have this, right? Some some small companies might say, I want to have like even like a mini board of directors where they have three or four people that all have a, a different expertise or a different viewpoint, different perspective that they kind of gather together for like a monthly meeting or a quarterly meeting. Others like to do it a little bit more informally. What I would suggest is, you know, identifying those people up front, having a really open and honest conversation with them saying, you know, here's my business, here's the customers I'm trying to serve. You want to give them enough background information that they can they can support you and help you. You also want to be very clear with your ask. So it's hard sometimes as a mentor to agree to something if you don't know what the ask is. So you want to say, you just want to set that expectation with them so that way they know how they can best help you. The, the one thing I will say is, is you really want to feel comfortable with your mentors because you want to make sure that, you know, these are people who hopefully are going to push you a little bit and they're going to give you some constructive feedback. And you want to make sure that you're going to, you know, be open to that feedback and you want to make sure you have that kind of a, that relationship with them. So I think the, the most important thing to remember also in this mentor relationship is your mentors are going to definitely try to help you. Obviously, you're going to be picking mentors who, who you know and you trust. And this is very generous of them. It's very generous for them to volunteer their time to, to lend you advice. But you also want to make sure that you're, you're very clear on the fact that you ultimately own the responsibility and the decisions for the company. So you're going to get a lot of great advice. You're going to read lots of articles like this one that give you tips and tricks and ideas to think about. 
But ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, as the business owner and the business leader, you're going to be responsible for those decisions. But having a mentor is a great way to, again, just widen your aperture a little bit and get the get the insights and advice from a different perspective. Thank you. So we've talked about lesson number one, times your most important resource. Two, empower your teams. Three, don't skip setting, reviewing, revising your goals and success metrics. Four, don't stop at knowing your customers. Put them at the center of your company. Five, co-founders can be vital. Six, mentors are invaluable. So we've talked a lot about kind of what key things to keep your eye on and, and to avoid some pitfalls. But really, the last lesson here is talking about the joy in the whole process. So lesson number seven is taking the leap is irreplaceable. Can you tell us about your experience? It really is. I, um, you know, oftentimes friends and family will ask me, you know, how's it going? How's business? Um, and I can safely say that it's one of the hardest things I've ever done, but also one of the greatest joys. It's it's really a fun feeling to be building a team, um, to be building an organization that helps other people build teams, and to spend your days doing the things that you really enjoy and the things that are you know a passion for me in terms of helping organizations grow and helping teams you know work well together. It's just, it's just such a joy. And I know that that sounds a little bit cliche. And every time I used to talk to founders and they would, they would say it's the hardest thing, but the best thing I'd be like, oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's good. <laughs> so it's a little bit hard to believe, but um, there are so many unexpected things about it. And I think one of the things that I've truly enjoyed is it's a nonstop opportunity for learning. I, I was in business, I was in the business world for you know, a, a while before this, lots of different roles at lots of different companies, public, private, you know, uh, family owned. And, you know, I've worked across different functional areas, marketing, sales, operations. But one of the great things is you're constantly learning as a business founder, right? There's always something new to learn about. There's always different people to talk to. You're, you're engaging at a level that you previously haven't engaged at, you know, unless you've been a CEO of a company. It's hard to kind of imagine, imagine the breadth and depth of a lot of the decisions that you're making. And especially when you're starting, you're building everything from scratch. So you're building all the processes. So there's a lot of different pieces to the puzzle. And, and so I would say that can feel really daunting, especially at the beginning. It can still feel daunting on certain days, depending on what you're you know trying to learn about. And But it also is really exciting. And it's it's really fun to get to work with lots of other people to bring that vision to life. And at Teams & Co., we, we just really enjoy working with our clients and we really enjoy, you know, seeing other organizations succeed. So, you know, at the end of a hard day, you, you know, it's been a long day, but, you know, to get a note from somebody saying, hey, you know, that meeting or that, you know, that workshop that we did really helped our team come together. You know, our communication has been better or, hey, you know, by by taking another look at our customers, we were able to go back and and figure out how we could make that experience even better. And we've gotten all this great customer feedback about our new process. Those moments are, are really exciting. And I think they were what, that, what drive us all. So yeah, I would say that the leap is irreplaceable. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. And for our listeners, if you'd like to dive a little bit deeper into any of these topics, we have a blog post out here on Medium. And we'll be sure to put the link on the description of this podcast. Thank you for your time this week, Tracy. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Luis. As always, it's been it's been a pleasure, and uh, I look forward to next week. See you next week. Take care.
You've been listening to Building Teams with Teams & Co. To learn more about the latest thinking on how to empower your team to deliver exceptional results or to book a consultation, please visit us at teamsandco.com or follow us at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.